give me my rights, give me liberty, or give you death. death. That's right. And that's what it is. Yeah, we not playing with y'all. You understand? That's we right. real black men. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Welcome to the BCP podcast. We've got a lot of things to cover in this episode, all of which have to deal with President Trump and the sham impeachment and revelations that we have now that the Devin Archer transcript has been released of his behind the doors secret deposition with Congress. Not so secret, I guess, because we have the transcript, but we didn't get to see it live and it aired in public. Of course not. Any crimes of Joe Biden, they're always trying to hide. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And then, of course, on the heels of that, we have this third ridiculous indictment of Jack Smith against President Trump. We're going to analyze all of that. But all of that would be, both of these problems would pretty much be solved if we did what Carrie Lake just talked about with Steve Bannon on The War Room. Let's start off with this clip to get this episode going. Well, yeah, it's pretty obvious that it's it's we the people versus our tyrannical government right now. And there's only one candidate who's willing to stand up to that swamp or the tyranny, and that's President Donald J. Trump. And I think we all know when you say electability, this is a guy who's already won. He won in 2016. He won even bigger in 2020. All that January 6 was was a staged riot to cover up the fact that they certified a fraudulent election. And I, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Cash said about impeachment. If we just go back and deal with this, this fraudulent election and, and what happened in 2020, we don't have to impeach him because he really isn't, in my opinion, and many others, and you look at the evidence, the true president. We just can, why don't we decertify 2020? And that's the way we deal with- That would solve- most of the problems because Joe Biden, as I've been saying since November of 2020, that Joe Biden was the false and fake and fraudulent president-elect and he's become the fake president and we could solve a lot of problems if we were able to just decertify 2020, certify President Trump as the winner and have everything nullified that Joe Biden has done along with his illegitimate, lawfaring, treasonous, traitorous, rat bastard soldiers in the Department of Justice, the FBI, and other alphabet agencies. Now, we're going to get into what happened with Trump yesterday, full analysis of that aftermath, etc. But before that happened yesterday, I told you we would look at the Devin Archer transcripts and what have come out now that we have the transcripts. Some very interesting things here. Let me lead off with uh, with that so we kind of go somewhat in chronological order of the news. All right, so this is what we've got. 
we've got the following that we've learned from the now released as of yesterday transcripts of Devin Archer's closed door deposition. Okay, so a reminder. Hunter Biden served on the board of Burisma from 2014 to 2019, during which time Burisma was under investigation by Shokin and in Ukraine for corruption. So the transcript reveals some new information that had not been previously reported. Archer in that deposition claims that Joe Biden referred to as the big guy was the entire brand behind the Ukrainian energy company Burisma and that the firm would have gone under without him. The oversight committee publishing this page of the transcript, Archer states Burisma would have gone out of business if not for the brand. So this is a back and forth between Mr. Goldman and Devin Archer. Mr. Goldman says, but that's different than Joe Biden's action. Devin says, right. Mr. Goldman, you're just talking about that Hunter was on the board. Mr. Archer, right. And I think that's why Mr. Goldman and so Mr. Archer, it was able to survive for as long as it did. Mr. Goldman trying to cover up says by because of additional capital or Archer just because of the brand. Mr. Goldman acting like the idiot that he is says, well, I don't understand how does that have an impact? In which Devin gives more detail. Well, the capabilities to navigate DC that they were able to, you know, basically be in the news cycle. And I think that preserved them from, from a longevity standpoint. That's like my honest, that's really what I, that's like what I think holistically. And then Mr. Goldman asked, but how would that work? And Devin Archer says, because people would be intimidated to mess with them. Mr. Goldman says, in what way? And Mr. Archer says legally. The brand, the Biden brand, made it so that no one would want to mess with Burisma. Once again, a company under investigation for corruption in the second most corrupt country in the world. And the Biden brand is what saved them. They, they had longevity because of the Biden brand banking. Now, Miranda Devine breaks it down. Another Goldman own goal. That's funny. Uh, he does these lines of questioning to defend the Bidens, but he's such a bumbling idiot that he just ends up making a goal for the other team. This time in his Devin Archer interrogation, he inadvertently gets Archer to say that part of Hunter's Valley to Burisma would have was that people would have been intimidated to mess with them legally with the son of the U.S. vice president on board. So here we go. Let me continue that part of the conversation per the transcript. Once again, Mr. Goldman, how would that work, Mr. Archer? Because people would be intimidated to mess with them. In what way? Legally. Mr. Goldman goes, uh-huh. Then Devin says, so on this line of questioning, I have no proof. I have nothing. Mr. Goldman says, let's talk about legally. I think you just pivot to that because you had said earlier, I believe that the direct quote is that Brisma felt like they had shoken under control. Mr. Archer says, correct. So what Joe Biden said about son of a bitch, they were not going to give money to Ukraine 
And if they didn't fire Shokin and then they uh, they ended up doing that, that's exactly what happened. Now, I reported on this years ago when it happened. There's an old video in which Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor who was removed, uh, had said several things. By the way, this video was removed from YouTube. No surprise there. But there are some very interesting things that Shokin says. Okay. In a lengthy detailed response, Shokin refuted the notion that his investigation was dormant and explained that they were active. Shokin said that the U.S. intelligence agencies have been closely watching the investigation process and he was confident that Biden was aware of the progress. So remember that the lie was, oh, Shokin's not doing anything. That's why we needed to fire him. But he says that's not true. The uh, U.S. intelligence agencies knew exactly what was going on. Shokin added that he believed Biden acted behind the scenes to have him removed, fearing that the investigation could negatively affect his son and others close to him. Quote, I understand very well the United States has one of the strongest intelligence agencies in the world. Apparently, Mr. Biden was informed that we are approaching the moment when the interrogation of his son and other persons began. Shokin maintained that the real motivation behind Biden's push for his removal was to protect his personal and family interests rather than the interests of the American people. Owner Mykola Lzevsky and uh, Pozharsky, also an executive at Burisma, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to lobby Washington, D.C. for assistance in dealing with Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin. Um, and then they canned him. Now, in a 2020 official statement by Shokin, he says that he was mercury poisoned while staying in Greece. Quote, I don't have any obvious enemies whom I can blame for this. Of course, one of the versions, but this version requires investigation, is that Biden was somehow involved in some way in these issues. I officially addressed the Greek law enforcement agencies on this and asked them to investigate. Officially, I haven't received an answer yet, although I contacted them quite a while back about opening criminal proceedings in connection of a pre, uh, premeditated attempt to murder me. In February 2020, Ukraine launched criminal proceedings against former Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden, on allegations he pressured authorities into forcing his recognition. And in May 2020, Shokin made an appeal to Ukrainian uh, President Zelensky urged him to take action regarding the unwillingness of Ukrainian law enforcement to investigate illegal acts committed by Joe Biden. Shokin went on to say that in an interview that no criminal investigation was inv initiated against Hunter Biden. He insists that the case was re related to the violation of the law by Burisma. He claimed that as they delved deeper into the investigation, they began to suspect that the directors of the company, including Hunter Biden, might also be involved. So, they didn't just want to silence him by firing him, as previously reported. They also, he was also poisoned, and he claims that that was Joe Biden's uh, was behind that with U.S. intelligence. And of course, he asked Zelensky to investigate, and nothing came of it. Of course not. Zelensky loves Joe Biden, and that is why Joe Biden is continuing to use our tax money to fund this proxy war in which Zelensky and others are getting rich. See how we've come full circle? Now, another thing that was revealed in this was that Jonathan Lee, 
the CEO and founder of Baha'i Sea Industrial Fund, a Chinese private equity firm that partnered with Rosemont Seneca, that Mr. Lee was very, very cozy and friendly, was a friend of Hunter Biden. So we have essentially a Chinese asset, a friend with the son of the vice president. And that, in fact, Joe Biden did have meetings with Jonathan Lee. So here are some big takeaways, folks, from what we have in those transcript. We found out that Biden attorneys intervened in the process. We find out that, quote, pretty obvious if you're the son of a vice president, that this was all influence peddling. That, in fact, they were an unregistered foreign lobbying going on. We found out that Archer was intentionally left out of the loop by Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden would do things and intentionally leave Archer out of the loop. Hmm, I wonder why. Because his dad was involved and he wanted to give Devin Archer plausible deniability. And that it was open, though not planned, that if Joe Biden... It was openly discussed, though not decided, I should say, that if Joe Biden decided to quit politics and retire, that he may have had an official advisory position with the company in concern. We also learned that scrutiny made Hunter Biden leave one of his Chinese ventures because people were looking too close at it. And that, yes bribery was involved. But here is the biggest revelation, Washington Examiner. Devin Archer received immunity. Schwartz, Archer's attorney, revealed that Archer testified to a grand jury in Delaware after receiving a subpoena in December of 2020 and testified pursuant to an immunity order in the grand jury. That means the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware agreed to shield Archer from prosecution for illegal activity if he testified about Hunter Biden's business affairs. The revelation helps explain why no one involved in the foreign business dealings has faced charges related to foreign lobbying violations or other alleged crimes. The cover-up's been going on for a long time. Wow. Okay. Let's end this Devin Archer reporting arc, if you will, with what just got released today Friday, August 4th. This is what Devin Archer says about his life had he never met Hunter Biden. How long did you remain in business with him? Um, after we had the issue with, with that other company, I was, it was, uh, I was no longer in business. With him? With him. I was friendly. We were, we were you know, retained a friendship for a couple of years and then, uh, and then there was, it's, it's complicated and can't talk about it because it's not right. a going case, but there was a, there was a, there was a, um, uh, a reversal of a conviction. And then there was a, uh, you know, subsequently that the reversal of commission was re-reversed. And after the re-reversal, we kind of never spoke again. For, for legal reasons or was there enmity between It was you? just, no, no, absolutely no. There, there's, uh, you know, again, looking back at the body of work, it was, 
you know, a very big strategic mistake for me to, you know, be involved with him. And, and some of it was my fault because, quite frankly, I, I was pitching Barisma Rosemont Realty. And, and yeah. that ended up, you know, that, that the genesis, that was me. But obviously, the trajectory of my life would have been far different um, and arguably far better if I've never met him. Devin Archer clearly says his life would have been better. The trajectory of his life would have been better had he never met Hunter Biden. Wow. Not just in business, folks, but personally, because they were friends. But some will argue, yeah, but what about all that money he made? Well, that gets addressed as well, because, of course, Tucker Carlson is the absolutely is absolutely the goat, the greatest of all time, one of the best ever when it comes to this type of journalism. And you didn't make that much money from Burisma. No, I was I think it was I mean, relative to the world. Yes, it was a lot of money. Um, relative to my middle class upbringing, it was a ton of money, um, but it wasn't life changing money, and it was quickly exhausted on legal bills. He got entangled with the Bidens, and his life is a mess. He made a lot of money relatively to relative to his middle class upbringing. Probably could have made a lot more if he were legitimately good in this field, because you can make lots of money in private equity and in the type of big real estate deals that they were trying to do with Rosemont Seneca, which, of course, they brought nothing to the table except, of course, the Biden brand. Lest you think that Devin Archer is an honorable guy, he is a scumbag. He comes off clean, affable, likable, and he says the right things. But he still likes and is friends with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is an absolute scumbag douchebag, whatever other kind of disgusting bag you want to call him. And Devin Archer still likes him and thinks he's a decent guy. Devin Archer is trash. But the kind of trash that's helping us expose and take out even worse trash, the Bidens. Yeah. Um, So how if you, what's interesting in this conversation is you're very sympathetic to Hunter Biden, the person, like you like him. You still say you like him. Absolutely. You children. I mean, I've been to their lacrosse games there. Yeah. It's a good family and and they, you know, they're, uh, you know, they've got a great relationship. Father and son speak every day. I witnessed that for 10 years. I'm sorry, Devin Archer. I don't know you or your upbringing, but your gauge of a good family is way off the mark. Yeah, they may be pretty close, but I think we can all draw the conclusion that Joe Biden is a pedophile taking showers with his daughter, Ashley. So she has become a sex sex addict and has to deal with that. Oh my goodness. So is Hunter Biden, also a sex addict and a deviant and a sick, sick puppy. The Biden family now... It is very close, but in a sexual, sick, deviant, disgusting, evil way. And that is not honorable. Now I'm half black, half Latino. My lovely wife of over 26 years who gave me four beautiful children, the only woman I've ever known in the biblical sense. My life partner for my trajectory of my life on this planet and beyond. I'm very close to her and being a Latino, married to a Latina. And I think Americans are very family oriented. 
But I think it goes without saying that Latinos are very, very family-oriented. And that's a good thing. But not the Biden brand of family closeness. I've never taken a shower with my daughters. That's absolutely disgusting. All right. What's also disgusting, of course, is what happened to President Trump yesterday. Former President Donald Trump returned to Washington, this time under federal indictment for allegedly trying to steal an election. His motorcade going through the city that symbolizes American democracy, arriving for his third arraignment in less than five months. The courthouse just blocks away from where the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol unfolded. So where Trump's appearance took place today is here at the D.C. District Court. And this is significant. Of course, there's a lot of symbolism because you could say that he's returning to the scene of the crime to plead not guilty to these four charges that he's facing for attempting to overturn the 2020 election. We have seen former President Trump indicted on other charges before, but this one is super significant. It is indicting him for trying to basically overthrow the results of an election. And we have never seen an American president try to do that before. Special counsel Jack Smith asserted that the former president was at the center of a criminal scheme built on lies that culminated in the violence that exploded at the Capitol on January 6th. Today, there were detractors and supporters outside the courthouse. When he entered the courthouse, he went to get processed. There was no mugshot. He was fingerprinted and then entered the courtroom before a magistrate judge. He sat there for about 25 minutes. This is a man who doesn't wait for anything except for in a courtroom. The former president pleaded not guilty to four felony counts, including conspiracy to defraud the United States. It was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Special counsel Jack Smith insists Trump knew he'd lost the election, but tried to overturn the results anyway, determined to remain in power, claiming that he spread lies about fraud, though he knew they were false. Now, when President Trump has been reported, entered the courtroom, he did indeed have to wait for the judge to show up. And he faced down Jack Smith, silently glared and gave him a stare. As the charges were read today in the same courthouse where many of the Watergate cases were tried, Trump sat flanked by his lawyers. Special counsel Jack Smith was there in the room looking on at the man he indicted. You could almost hear a pin drop when he was in there. Uh, we were looking over at Trump, looking over at Jack Smith. Trump always wants to know who's in the room. He was observing him, both looking in each other's direction inside that courtroom. Jack Smith and the Department of Justice, which we'll get into in a second, making this ridiculous case that President Trump didn't have a First Amendment right as a citizen nor as a president to contest a stolen election. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, what was cool is that President Trump showed that he was in charge, that he was an absolute beast in that courtroom, not even using the microphone when entering in his not guilty plea. An extraordinary moment, Anderson. The former president uh, was asked to stand uh, and enter his own plea to the charges that have been filed against him. And I'm told he didn't even use the microphone. He just looked straight at the judge and projected his voice and entered a plea of not 
guilty. Now, again, at the hearing down in Florida, when he went through this in a federal courtroom down there, he had his lawyer enter that plea. So to hear him say that in his own voice is significant. Once again, not televised for us to see. Devin Archer not televised for us to see. These evil people work in darkness. But it came out anyway. President Trump, like a boss, not guilty, your honor, without any need for the microphone. All right, so we didn't see it. The whole thing lasted half an hour. That was the extent of the fanfare and the drama. But there was some interesting things going on outside this event, this circus, this supposed uh, arrest and arraignment on yet the third sham indictment against President Trump so far this calendar year of 2023. Trump could face a maximum sentence of up to 55 years in prison if found guilty on all the charges. The hearing was only 30 minutes, but a spectacle nonetheless, as the former president's every move outside the courthouse was followed by cameras. So this wasn't just a legal event today, it was a political event. Outside the courthouse was a group of blacks for Trump protesters, supporters of President Trump. And what you hear, what the gentleman being interviewed had to say, you can see he's not speaking for blacks for Trump. Like, I don't speak for blacks for Trump. He's actually speaking on America's behalf for Trump and for America. Not as an official spokesperson, but as a representative voice of we the people. I'm here to support Trump. My brother's gonna come over here. So I'm here to show uh, Jack Smith that he's a punk. That's right. And that he's an ugly sellout. That's right. And I'm here to let him know that he's going to jail for treason. That's right. That's right. Him and Biden and Obama and all of the other suckers that are going against Trump for no reason. They. They want to parade the man that we call King Cyrus like they did in every other country. They, they have conquered the country and parade the king around in handcuffs to humiliate us. But I'm here to testify that you will be humiliated. That's right. Because I'm here to humiliate you because you are a sellout and you are a person that is evil, breaking every rule and law. And the Bible says the sons of perdition must be revealed and moved out of the way. That's Trump right. is simply allowing them to reveal how they don't have to keep no laws. That's right. We have to keep all laws. We can't do nothing. We run red like we go to jail. These people here are free. I mean, Hunter Biden, look at this little punk. This dude is free to snort coke on camera, get guns, break every rule and law, don't pay taxes. They don't even want to put him in jail. But if I did it, you're going to jail for 9,216 right. years. That's right. That's unfair. Because you know what that is? Exodus 12, 49, the Bible said there should be one law for all. That's right. As does the 14th Amendment. So I'm here to make sure, give me my rights. Give me liberty or give you death. death. That's right. And that's what it is. We're not playing with y'all. You understand? Right. We real black men. All right. That man, that black American can man broke down what we all know to be true and are seeing hunter biden getting away with myriad of crimes exposed right in front of us and they're going after trump trying to take away our liberties 
And we are getting to the point where it's give me liberty or give me death. And rightfully, that always does not mean that the person who's saying that is wishing death upon themselves. They're, they'd rather be dead than not free. But also means that perhaps uh, there won't be a kind end to those infringing on the liberties and freedoms of others. Think Nat Turner, think Civil War, think Revolutionary War. All right, President Trump was brief in his comments after this third sham indictment. Thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very you much. Want these, like, you want these trials to happen before the 2024 election? All right, there you have the statement. Basically, sad day. He made a point of pointing out how filthy Washington, D.C. is and the empty buildings. He's not wrong there, of course. He says it is a per, uh, political persecution of the person who is running against Joe Biden, that this should never happen in America. And yet, Jesse, I'll let you finish your thought here because oh, just chuckling at the graphic description of the <laughs> venue, have it be filthy. And he didn't leave it that way. One of the dirty, filthy members of D.C. is the Speaker of the House for and the supposed Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, with his strong talk and no action. Now that the House of Representatives is on essentially a holiday, on a break, he talks tough about the two-tiered system, yet really takes no action on it. This is Kevin McCarthy tweeting out yesterday his little spiel. Let me play this for you. Why didn't Garland, he seemed like he was going to do nothing about this for the first two years. It seems as though every time Trump goes higher in the poll, he gets a new indictment. It seems to me, after you learn of the real dealings behind the Bidens, the next day he gets indicted. Anytime there is new information, the federal government just seems to have a two-tier system. Yes, Kevin McCarthy, a two-tier system in which you are all talk and no action when it comes to doing something about it. Cat Turd also tweeting out in response, then do something, you worthless coward. Now, I did an informal poll on Spotify and the first 16 votes I have here. I asked on a poll I did on Spotify on the BCP podcast, do you think McCarthy will begin uh, impeach I meant to put impeachment inquiry. Do you think McCarthy will begin impeachment inquiry in the next 30 days? Two-thirds of you, almost 70% of you, said no. Only about a third of you thought that he would. 
gonna kind of be tough seeing that they're now on break. And I highly doubt that Kevin McCarthy is going to coalesce uh, the troops, bring them back to D.C. to get going on the Biden impeachment inquiry. It's all talk with these people. President Trump knows that nothing's going to happen with Kevin McCarthy and the all talk Republicans. He's waiting till he wins in 2024 and goes back into the Oval Office on January January 20th, 2025 to get the ball rolling. Uh, it's going to be our turn, he tweeted out, or he truthed out the day before. Something that was noticed by Trump haters all around. They noticed his truth social from Wednesday, and they interpret it correctly for the most part. It's going to be a whole different story this second term of President Trump. He's not going to suffer these treasonous, traitorous, rat bastard fools. On Wednesday of this week, Donald Trump issued yet another threat. Wednesday, of course, was the day before Donald Trump had to go and surrender at the courthouse in Washington, D.C. and officially be arraigned and arrested once again. But it was on Wednesday in a little noticed post on Truth Social that Donald Trump issued his very ominous threat. Look, it's not my fault that my political opponent in the Democrat party, crooked Joe Biden, told his attorney general to charge the leading Republican nominee and former president of the United States, leading by far, with as many crimes as could be concocted so that he is forced to spend large amounts of time and money to defend himself. The Dems don't want to run against me or they would not be doing this unprecedented weaponization of justice. But soon in 2024, it will be our turn, MAGA. Now, let me show you folks what President Trump did yesterday evening. If you watched what Nana put up. And please support Juniorette Junior and Nana over on YouTube. They're still over there. I can't do anything on YouTube. Can't be on YouTube. But they're still over there. Check out nothing but the news. From what I understand, you're going to be seeing a lot more uh, hearing, I should say, because they choose to do that as a voiceover reporting. But Dave at, at X22 has done very well with voiceover reporting. Anyhow, you'll probably be seeing a lot more or hearing a lot more of Nana on that show as Juniorette has graduated college and started her first post-college job in, uh, in, and her career. Uh, we're excited for her. So her time will be a little, a little more limited. So looks like Nana will be doing a little bit more of the heavy lifting uh, with some help from Junior uh, and Juniorette in the foreseeable uh, future. But make sure you check the link down below and that you support uh, their YouTube channel. But if you watched what uh, Nana did, she showed this. And I'm going to show it to you as well. This is what President Trump did after yet a third sham indictment, after his little brief statement I played for you uh, on the tarmac before flying uh, back to Bedminster, New Jersey. When he got to Bedminster, New Jersey, this is how President Trump spent the evening of his sham indictment, showing that he truly is a graceful uh, and charming man unlike the basement dweller and puppet and fake president, Joe Biden.
So what you saw and or heard there, as Colin Rugg put it, Colin Rugg put it, just hours after being arrested in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump decides to crash a wedding at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. You heard him. You heard the people USA, USA chanting support for President Trump and President Trump greets the newlyweds and compliments the bride on her beauty. This is, as Colin Rugg puts it, this is Trump's way of giving a massive finger to the Washington Unit Party, Biden, DOJ, and the media that are all trying to imprison him because he knows all these attacks only make him stronger. I love it. Fire. All right. One person that uh, in the past does not want, did not want to give any audience to President Trump or any attention to President Trump, and I believe he voted for Joe Biden, is Joe Rogan. And uh, Joe Rogan appears to have changed his tune. And one thing you've got to respect Joe Rogan, when he changes his tune or changes his opinion or has a metamorphosis or a new understanding of something, him being a podcaster, the number one podcaster in the world, by the way, having the most successful podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, he did so publicly going as far as even saying that President Trump might get his vote. No one is going to run against Trump in the Republican side and win because you're not going to get the Trump supporters. They are all in on Trump. Unless he has a stroke, unless something happens that's horrible, he, they're all in on Trump. You're, you, if you run against Trump, you're yeah. now the enemy of Trump. If I was friends with DeSantis, I'd be like, don't do it. You can't beat that guy. You just can't. When that guy gets out there and he's waving to people and they're going crazy, you're not beating that. And the fact that he was the president for four years and the country was in a, a, a great economic situation yeah. and it looked like his policies were actually effective and that it looked like the unemployment was down, all business mm -hmm. was building, regulations were being relaxed, more things were getting done. You know, when you look at it from a policy perspective, if you just look at it on paper, what he did was effective. A lot of people think it was effective. You don't like him as a personality, so you ignore that. Don't do that. Look at it in terms of a policy perspective. People liked the ideas that he was putting forward. And now you're saying, like, oh, the wall is raised. Everybody thinks there needs to be a wall. Even the mayor of mm -hmm. New York City mm -hmm. is now calling to stop immigration That's into right. a city. And he, this was the guy that called it for it to be a sanctuary state. When the reality of what your policies, what what kind of actions you put forth, what what the results of that are, and those results are highly negative, you're forced to sort of recollect, recollect your thoughts, mm -hmm. and come up with a, a a new perspective. And that's what the mayor of New York City is doing right now. When you just look at what Trump's policies were, and then obviously COVID hits. There's a lot to that, the lockdowns, the, the economic collapse, all the shit that came with that. that all, none of that is good. And then Trump holds up this like hope to bring us back to where we were when he was in office. You're not going to beat that. I don't think they're going to beat that. 
I don't, I don't think, when you look at the Russia collusion, when you look at the Steele dossier, when you look at all the bullshit they tried to throw at him that we now know is bullshit, not just bullshit, yeah. but coordinated bullshit, when you look at the fact that they suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story and that 51 intelligence agency representatives signed off on that to say that this was Russian disinformation, which we know they know is not true, that's scary. Because now you have the intelligence agencies colluding to keep a guy from being president that was president during a time where the country was thriving economically. This is, you're not going to beat that guy. Would you, would he get your vote? He'd get my vote before, <coughs> excuse me, he'd get my vote before Biden. I said that before. Now, folks, this is important because Joe Rogan, as the number one podcaster on this third rock from the sun, has a lot of sway with people. And he makes a very convincing argument, that, which I've made. Others, I get that President Trump's personality may not be your cup of tea. But his policies were bang on. Bang on. And then not only does he sell President Trump and his success as a president, he goes on to also explain the reality and the truth behind Joe Biden what he is and what he really is doing or isn't doing, that he's not in control, that he's handled, etc. Making a great case for people who are not MAGA and Trump people to join him in voting on Trump over Biden in 2024 or whoever the Democrats put in place. But right now, that supposedly is Joe Biden who will be running against Trump this next year. I don't think that... I, I never thought that Biden was going to make it. I never, I never thought that he was going to be functional, you know, like regardless of what, what kind of power the president actually has. And it appears under Trump, the president has a lot more power than we think they do. But under Biden, it's like he's handled. Like he's just out there yeah. talking and say, the real problem is Donald Trump. Donald Trump, what he's done is terrible. He didn't offer. It's all nonsense. It's like you, everyone's treating him with kid gloves because they don't want to prop up Trump. They don't want to go after him because it'll weaken the Democratic Party. Not only that, but looks like Joe Rogan is entertaining and would like to have President Trump on his show. In the past, Joe Rogan has said he didn't want to help Trump by having him on his show, but looks like he's changing his tune publicly. One thing, once again, that you got to respect with Joe Rogan, whether you like him or not, is one, he's a powerful voice, and two, he's willing to correct himself and come to the right conclusions publicly, helping other people make that change as well. It's a tough, it's a big chasm, folks, right? Uh, to, to go from, I was wrong, let me do the right thing. And it helps a lot of people who have had TDS for a long time, but can't stand Joe Biden and realize how good things were under Trump. Sometimes they need someone like a Joe Rogan to just go, you know what? I think I'm going to support Trump after all. And it looks like Joe Rogan only is, is doing that and denigrating Joe Biden and exposing him publicly. But it looks like he may have changed his tune and would like to have President Trump on his show. Now, that would be probably the highest rated ever Joe Rogan experience interview in the history of that show, which means it'll probably break the Internet if and when it happens and be the most viewed podcast ever in the history of podcasts. So, so when are you having Trump on? I don't know. Okay. You're, the look I don't know. Maybe. Looks like you got something. Maybe. Okay, good. That's good. I think that's... Uh... I, look, at a certain point in time, it's just like, 
it would be interesting to hear his perspective on a lot of things. I would like to know what is it like when you actually get into office. I would like to know things like what what is it like versus perception. Yeah. What is it actually like when you get in that building? Like what 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 are you greeted with? When do you know that the intelligence agency is lying to you? Like when you decided to fire Comey, what was the thought? How much did you know? Like what what's the machine like? What is what is the deep state really like? Really like? Because we have all these, you know, smoky room perceptions like from the Bill Hicks joke where they show you the Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before. You know, what is the machine that runs this country because it's very clear that it's not as simple as elected representatives that are doing the will of the people. It's not. That last part is a huge red pill for America for those that haven't been red pilled yet. It's a proper conclusion. And that's why I'm going to conclude this episode on that note. I will have at least one report for you over the weekend. Stay tuned. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless, and once again, thank you for your continued support. Pick up some merch. Mrs. BCP is working on some female merch. We should have that next week. Ciao, goodbye, God bless, enjoy your weekend. Once again, I will be back with at least one report over this weekend.